Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's a Monday road show. Hail Varsity Radio here in downtown Lincoln. Rosie's downtown. 10th and P. Excited to be down here. Excited to hear more from you as Nebraska still trying to grasp, get in the grasp uh, of that sixth win. Nebraska-Maryland uh, drove many of you to uh, to drink or medicate. Uh, kind of joking. Numbers to get in. It's open phones this first hour at 489-1240, 489-1240. Could always chime in on the stream. We're streaming live on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Elijah Herbal back in studio at Herbal Essence. Give him a follow. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. It's where you can find me and give me a follow. And, uh, you know, it was one of those games that probably ticked you off. And there's been a lot of them over the years, if you're a Nebraska fan, where uh, it, it just went sideways and you're, you're screaming out loud to the clouds or at your TV or both. Why? Why do things go sideways? Why does this offense continue to turn the football over? We'll try and answer that uh, today and beyond. Can it change? Can it be fixed is the question. And you have a week to do it, and we don't know who's going to be at quarterback because two of the three are banged up. The third option makes you nauseous uh, based on performance and confidence. And then you got a couple of walk-on choices. Oh, yeah, Wisconsin is sick right now. Michigan State has been sick. They got better. Maryland sick they got better against nebraska you're trying to avoid the wrong kind of trifecta can also check in wherever you hear us across the hail varsity radio network 800-825-5865 can email the show chris at hailvarsity.com and a reminder we're here we're here for monday night football the bills and broncos elijah do you have your denver gear on or is it in the backpack Aha, you are wearing the donkey shirt. Uh, check that out and rate it, folks, on the stream. Do you like Elijah's donkey gear <clears throat> or Denver uh, apparel? Our dear friend Munchie down here at Rosie's, he's rocking his uh, Denver hat as well. But good spot here at Rosie's downtown. We know you love it for game day as well. But uh, just a reminder, uh, Silas Creek going to be here November 17th. Cody Johnson also going to be performing at PBA. We're back here the 27th as uh, for Bears-Vikings. Uh, Bears fans, you need a hug. 
Uh, Denver making a bit of a run. The Bills, uh, danger time right now. They try and avoid 5-5. Five and five. Nebraska at 5-5. Five and five. Elijah will hear from Matt Rule in a little bit. We'll have some of Rule's rewind uh, coming up here, his presser today. And listen, I appreciate uh, Matt Rule answering questions, even if it's not answers you really want to hear. And you've got, a, you've got an appetite just based on the last two decades and, and you're you're kind of numb to it. You're used to changes being made. You're used to coordinators getting fired. You're used to offensive coaches moving on. You're used to head coaches and staffs being blown out. And and that was the, the question, and that's been the outcry by a lot of Nebraska fans on social media. Maybe somebody you bumped into at, uh, at brunch yesterday morning or at the coffee shop or at work today. You're, you're pulling your hair out on third down and seven, Elijah. Not to uh, be masochistic here, but that's what everyone's still freaking out about. Uh, the choice of calling a play uh, a passing game. And listen, Nebraska wants to be aggressive. They don't want to live in fear. I, I understand that completely. But there's also uh, a, a time to fight another day or... The real simple answer answer is, even if you sneak it three times, first and ten at the seven, you're going. What are you? What are they doing? No, they're they're not conceding. They're not playing scared. You can you can play you can play conservative, but also make the right call. And in hindsight, especially after a third down red zone interception. The right call was to kick the field goal on first down. <laughs> it didn't happen. Uh, Nebraska's defense did not answer the bell. Uh, and it, it, it first and foremost to me, man, it, it's a mentality. And it was kind of the re- deja vu of Minnesota again where Nebraska's defense went out there and they got dinged on a, on a DPI uh, on third down and forever. And then they got gashed on a couple of runs, a scramble, and then a uh, a pretty fateful second and eight where the back, uh, his name rhymes with Gumby, Humby, I think, uh, went Himby. for 22. Himby. Himby. I'm, 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 it's not quite Humby. It's, uh, it's Gumby Gumby with him. Right. Thank you. He is him, as, as Prime would say. But Nebraska, again, let it slip through their hands uh, and aired it unnecessarily and and that's just it are you are you tone deaf to the situation with just murphy's law and bad things happening when you throw the football you need to be a balanced offense but elijah they're not ready to be a balanced offense right now and and therein lies the problem i don't know who's going to start saturday i know who nebraska fans don't want and i think door number three is the choice we'll see if if chubba pretty's the guy moving forward and ready to go. Munchie threw out, a, as he says, Munchie's hot take of the day. Our dear friend down here at Rosie's downtown. Uh, you know, Nebraska fans aren't going to be happy with 5-7 and seven if that's how this story ends. But you're going to feel a little bit, I don't, I don't know if you'll feel a little bit better, but you'll like your chances better at quarterback, I think, moving forward with Purdy. You've got a tiny sample size in one drive. Bit horrible circumstance, shadow of your own goal line, Elijah, and he drove him. Yeah, he threw the pick. Play shouldn't have been called, especially in hindsight. 
but if, if Chuba can stay healthy, I think Nebraska fans be, feel better going into battle with him Saturday in Madtown and for Black Friday. Uh, they want no part of Sims. Don't blame him. And I don't know that Harburg's going to be healed up, even if Mr. Miyagi flies into town. High ankle sprain with him. And he's regressed. Uh, as much as Nebraska's done to adapt an offense to him, defenses have responded in the Big Ten, and he's had a real confidence issue throwing the football. I mean, let's. I'd be feel better if Nebraska rolled out there with 10 on offense and just no quarterback on Saturday than what Nebraska's got. Just, just wildcat it? No, just just don't even have a quarterback back there. Wildcat it, but just, just leave a guy on the sideline. Ten, ten guys, like, I'd feel better about the offense. The, the quarterback has been absolutely hamstringing Nebraska all year long, and I think you do have to look at the offensive coordinator at Saturday for the no rule, defended him postgame, defended him again today. There's not going to be a switch made this offseason. Get ready for more Marcus Satterfield next year. And and I think we're going to spend a lot of time, obviously open phone lines here for you if you want to talk about this, 402-489-1240. Give us a call. I'll get you on the line. But that, that, that play call is very emblematic of Nebraska's issues all year long on offense. It's, a, it's play calling that doesn't understand what strengths your offense has, does not understand what weaknesses your offense has, and it's a play call that does not understand what wins in the Big Ten West. Yes, running the football and, and smash mouth football is what wins in the Big Ten West, but I said it on our pregame show. I said it a lot last week. I've said it this season. A lot of times in the Big Ten and in the Big Ten West especially, offensively, it's about risk aversion, averting bad things that can happen to your offense and taking the points when you can get them. Nebraska did not do that on that third and goal play call there at the end. You understand the risks of having a third stringer in there that was not repping with the first teamers all week long, did not run some of the play calls that they were hoping to get down in a third and and to go situation. You know what? A third string quarterback always knows what to do. They always know how to hand a football off. I'm going to go there again because that play call in and of itself, I know Matt Rule defended it. It is not representative of understanding what your offense can and cannot do well. I understand in modern college football, nine offenses out of 10 there, third and goal from the nine, are going to be running a pass play. You want to get in the end zone. If it's an incompletion, okay, you can kick the field goal. But look at what Nebraska's been this season with turnovers. Look at what your quarterbacks have been this season with turnovers. You got a guy in the football game that hasn't thrown a pass since the Colorado game, hasn't been repping with the first teamers at practice, it makes no sense to ask him to put that much on his shoulders in that moment and say, you know what, read the defense. If it's man coverage, you're throwing the corner out. If it's zone coverage, you're going to look at one of those slant routes. You're going to find the opening in the zone. It doesn't make sense to me to run that play call whenever you can hand the football off, get your three points on the board, and trust your defense. That is the problem with that play call, and that's why there's so much focus on that. It's just very representative of Nebraska's issues offensively all season long and issues with the play calling all season long because Nebraska realistically with better play calling could have had a win against Minnesota and I kind of lay that one to the side because it's the first game and I can understand a coordinator that doesn't understand the strengths and weaknesses of your offense week one of the season but Michigan State with better play calling you think should be a win and then definitely Maryland you think with better play calling should be a win so I'm going to put on a lot of this on, on Marcus Satterfield with how he called the end of that game and I said that during the post game show had some time to digest yesterday last night into this morning I still feel like Marcus Satterfield is the one that's to blame for the Husker loss on Saturday, even though Matt Rule gets up and defends him because it, it just does not strike you as play calling that understands what the weaknesses of this offense are. It's a play calling that strikes me as this is what we want to do at Nebraska offensively, and the guys need to rise to that challenge. I'm going to make the play call that 
I will be making three years from now as opposed to what's going to help us win now. That's what I see whenever I see this Marcus Satterfield play calling. It's saying, you know what? I know you have limitations as a quarterback, but we want you to rise to the challenge as opposed to saying, you know what? You have limitations as a quarterback, so we're going to make the play call that is going to work best for you in this moment. The play call and execution part of that drive that started at the three-yard line for Nebraska once the defense came up again and, and stripped the football as Maryland's going in, and again the defense rises up. You get a monster fourth down stop. You get a couple of forced fumbles as they're marching. You get another interception. Uh, Buda Wright was, was big time, and Nebraska made a play. To, to go win the football game three times, four times on defense in that second half. And the offense just keeps kicking that old gift horse in the mouth. And and I understand, again, that you can't live in fear, but there is something to be said for just taking points and having the defense go out there to preserve a lead versus, man, um, they did this to us again. That's got to creep into your head a little bit as a defensive player. And, you know, if you're Nebraska right now, they're just need, I need I need some things to happen these final two games, and I need some things to happen this offseason for Nebraska. We'll get to your comments in the stream. I know there's a ton coming in. If you're trying to get in on the phone lines, we'll get to you in a little bit, I promise. And we'll hear from Rule, uh, really good presser. And as a great leader, he is taking the arrows, and he's sticking up for his guy. So it, it's it's twofold, two-way street. The execution has flat-out sucked by some of the quarterbacks. They have made stupid throws. They've made bad decisions, and they're not being coached nor taught to do so. But the, it, but it continues to happen. So there's a, there's a breakdown there somewhere. There's also this willingness to keep, calling it hoping you'll have a different result third and six chubba ripped a great throw to lloyd and that was a 24 yard gain then you get a 29 yard gallop by emmett and you're set up you got momentum you're rolling and and then you go back to a pass play that chubba uh goes rogue on or just wisely says oh this run's gonna get stuffed let me chuck it out of bounds near near Fedoni so at second and ten they they TFL you on second down and all of a sudden it's third down and, and they're going trips there to your point Elijah with the inexperience you have it wide out and and Maryland made a play just fall on the ball or kick the field goal a thousand percent in hindsight Nebraska though needs to really look at who they're listening to and what set of eyes they have on when it comes to their quarterbacks. Who are you bringing in? Who are you running off? Who are you developing? And can you be better at it? Again, you you, you, you lost two quarterbacks that I think we can all say, listen, you, you drop in two quarterbacks that have moved on from Nebraska, you'd, you'd be at the same spot or or better presumably if you had those guys with what you've been doing on offense and then you you just absolutely get it completely wrong with sims and then you you do some nice things and you adapt to what harburg can do but there's not been this readaption after the defenses have, have adapted to him on top of you wonder where his confidence is at uh chubba comes in bails you out and and yet there's a pick 
uh, very problematic. Anonymous has been firing away, typing away. I giggled at this. Napoleon invading Russia. Germany letting Austria-Hungary invade Serbia. Rule, bringing in Jeff Sims. Each century seems to include someone making a terrible decision that leads to a complete disaster. <laughs> I, I thought as a, as a history buff, Elijah, uh, there would be some, some, some humor in that. Everyone expects Sims and Purdy to graduate and jump to the portal and for HH to switch positions. Exactly how will NU have enough quarterback depth for him to switch positions? They got to they gotta find a, a portal, yes. They got to develop Kalen, and they need one of the they, and, and they need Chuba to stick around, and they need they need Heine to, to probably move back to HH. You don't need Chuba to stick around. You need an entire new quarterback room. It's as simple as that. You need to go to the portal. You have one guy in Daniel Kalen. You need an entire new quarterback room. We'll see what they get. Uh, 4 8 9 12 40. Hail Varsity on the Rose at Rosie's 10th and P. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's Hail Varsity here at Rosie's downtown. 10th and P here till 6. Come on by. We're presented by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, 489-1240. So Rick James Enterprises has chimed in with a critique. And if it's not been made clear, uh, forgive us, because we've said it a lot over the past 48 hours uh, with Chuba's decision on first down. Clearly the play call was not a pass, Rick James Enterprises. Uh, we've said that quite a bit here with pre with uh both post games and uh, if that wasn't clear to you forgive me but yeah he when, when i say chuba went rogue he went rogue on that first down uh with uh throwing the football uh when it was supposed to be a run so uh yeah it's it's not a stick for us uh with what we're saying and what we're talking about just so you're clear four eight nine twelve forty to get in uh, we'll get into uh, some more of the comments. Phone call. Yes. Yeah. We have Ed on the line. Ed, thanks for calling. Go for it. Ed, our, this is Ed. Chris, what are we going to do with quarterback situation? I mean, maybe I missed some of the program, but transfer portal or what? I mean, it. I don't know in Division One football has there ever been three quarterbacks to throw an interception in a single game. I have not looked up that morbid fact, Ed. Uh, portal, yes, and presumably you're going to ask somebody to stay so you can keep working. Part of the problem in college football, though, is you don't get kids to stick around long enough to develop because everyone's jumping to the portal. It also kind of hamstrings you on what high school kids you do recruit uh, because you're looking more towards the portal for your quarterback situation. So uh, they're going to look at the portal for sure. They're going to look at what they have in the room. Uh, they're going to scour the earth, I would believe, and also see what type of work Kalen can provide, although that's a big ask for a true freshman to come in. That's for sure. So, But if you find that statistic out, I'll, I'll be listening, and maybe in the next <laughs> day or two you could. I, I just can't believe it. It's got to be a first. I mean, I could be wrong, but... Boy, oh boy, I don't know. Three in a one game, different quarterbacks, interception, Division One power program. So, and, and, and I'll I, hit the old Google machine and I'll, uh, I'll see what I can find for you, all right? 
Okay. Thanks, guys. Best. We'll see you. Appreciate you. Four eight nine twelve forty. Good from Ed. Uh, Dave checks in. <clears throat> Starting to feel like this coaching staff for at least the OC is Callahan two So there's a history reference there. Brian checks in. Are we? Uh, Again, the team everyone wants to schedule. <laughs> Brian says we are the team that everyone wants to schedule for homecoming. Uh, Brian, with maybe the best idea for some Nebraska fans, tell Sims the game is Sunday. Uh, Walter, our friend in Philadelphia, says calling plays your quarterbacks aren't capable of executing is coaching malpractice. And Man, it is chicken or egg with execution uh, and uh, talent you have. Uh, To be a little bit fair, Nebraska has adapted to what they've had at quarterback for part of the season. That's how you got part of the three wins. You've survived so many turnovers, Elijah. That problem still needs to be corrected. I don't know if it can be fixed in two weeks. Uh, but it needs to be dialed back severely with any hope to win on the road or at home on Black Friday. Well, and as we talk about the quarterback room as a whole, does this not kind of strike you as whenever Bo Pliny had Zach Lee as his quarterback his first year at Nebraska, where, like, yeah, you, you have some relative success, but it was because of the defense, offense really holding you back. It does not feel like Nebraska has a quarterback in the room that fits what Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rule want to do offensively. And you inherited two of these guys. They're both your guys now, but, I mean, not necessarily what you're looking for. You've had to fit your offense around what Harburg does well, which has been you did somewhat for a of a change. While. You did for a while, but it, it has never been a full shift like I think was needed. Sims didn't work out like you expected it to. That's why I think Nebraska needs an entirely new quarterback room because that's the one place, like, defensively, you had guys that fit into the system that you were bringing in. That's why it made the transition feel a little more seamless. You had a nose guard in Nash Hutmacher that eats up two blocks every single play and asks for more. You have a guy in, in Luke Gifford that, or excuse me, Isaac Gifford, that plays that rover position well, that, you know what, can hit like a linebacker, can cover like a defensive back. You kind of lucked into that, and so it's made that, that defensive transition easy. You had guys already on roster that fit what you wanted to do. Offensively, I don't think you came in with a quarterback on roster that fit what you wanted to do. The transfer portal guy that you brought in to be a Band-Aid didn't quite work out for you, and, and Marcus Satterfield has decided, you know what, I'm not going to rip up what my offense is to find what these quarterbacks do well he's tried to marry the two in a way that hasn't quite worked out and and that's why I think there's the patience from rules end saying you know what we're going to continue rolling with Satterfield I have confidence what he calls it's just not a, a coach that calls what works for his quarterbacks and what works in the Big Ten West right now it feels like a coach that is coaching for three years down the road here and say you know what three years from now on third and nine in, in a goal to go situation we're going to throw the football that's what our receivers are expected to do we're working with our freshman receiver we're going to make sure that that's what we're calling for them now because we're not going to compromise what we are right now in order to get a win. And I think that's what leaves such a bad taste in Husker fans' mouth with that play calling and with Matt Rule coming up and defending Marcus Satterfield in that play call. Is, is it's not a play call that is, that is keeping in mind what you do well as an offense right now. It, it, it just feels like Marcus Satterfield calling, you know what, this is what my offense is. If the guys can't rise to my standard, that is a problem for them. There is a standard that needs to be met with this offense, and you know what? We're going to go find a guy that can rise to that standard. For a couple games, Harburg was rising to that challenge. He couldn't do it anymore. Now we turn to Purdy, and you know what? With the game on the line, he couldn't rise to that standard. It, it, there's just a problem with the Husker offense and how it's being called, and 
I think, what it's going to take to be able to get those results because Marcus Satterfield clearly doesn't want to change what his offense is. Has to be going, getting a new quarterback room, and finding some guys that can go and execute what you want your offense to be because Nebraska doesn't have a guy that can do that right now. What did Bo do with uh, the post-Joe Gans era before T-Magic took over? He leaned hard on Roy Hallou. Yes. And they had some dip and dunk passing. You, you can throw the football, but it doesn't have to be 15 or 20 yards downfield on your plays. I mean, the, 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 the interception was a touchdown because your guy's not, not seeing it. Uh, and, and that's problematic. Who's on the line? We got Pete. Pete, thanks for calling. Go ahead. How are you doing today? We're good, Pete. What do you think? Well, number one, when I look at the quarterbacks, they've uh, regressed, not prog- progressed. Tells me they're not getting very good coaching. Number two, uh, they brought the guy in that was a turnover machine at his, at his previous college. As far as Harburg is concerned, we brought in a guy in high school that was a turnover machine in high school. I don't think the guys are getting good coaching. I don't think they understand. They can throw the ball, but mentally they don't understand. And that's poor coaching. That That's absolutely, and I put it on rule because he could overrule these calls. So he says we want to be a physical running team, and then they go passing. We'll run the ball down on several plays, and then all of a sudden three passes in a row. I don't understand it. I think Satterfield thinks he's got professional team and a professional offense out there. I don't think he understands what he's what he's working with. I don't think he is willing to adjust, and that's a poor coach. So in my opinion, I don't I don't see how he can stay. I don't see it getting better. I don't think he can read talent. I don't think he can de- develop talent. So that's my opinion. Pete, thanks for the phone call. And a lot of Nebraska fans uh, nodding their head with Pete. Uh, Rock checks in. Rule was strong yet again. He continues to impress me. He's much more engaged and hands-on than Riley or Frost. Coach him up and collaborate for some new wrinkles. Let's hear about well, the quarterbacks. Really, Go ahead. really fast, I want to respond to Pete's phone call here because that's something that, that I've gotten with the benefit of hindsight, giving myself some time to digest from Saturday. Is Saturday, I thought some of the game planning offensively was offensive malpractice. And I, I do think in a one-game situation, it is malpractice to, tr- to throw your third-string quarterback into that situation. You know what? Biggest play of the game, third and nine. A field goal gives you the, the lead and probably can give you a win if you can go turn to your defense. It feels bad, but I think what we're seeing is a coaching staff that is not willing to compromise their long-term vision to go win one football game in year one. And right or wrong, I think that's what we're seeing offensively, that you know what, three years from now, whenever you have a different quarterback in charge, you want to be able to throw the football third and nine, and you're going to find out which guy on your roster can rise to that challenge and go make a play and and do what is needed from your offense, from the offensive play-calling point of view. And I think that's a mistake in a one-game sample size to do that. But I think it's about instilling, hey, this is what we do. I mean, to use another soccer reference for you, which I know the people out there love. That is awesome. I'm going to do it. Tottenham Hotspur has a new head coach in charge this year, Ainge Postacoglu's name. I'll give you the, the, the short and sweet of it. They got two people sent off for red cards against Chelsea a couple of weeks ago. What most teams do in that situation is they go park the bus, they put all their defensive players behind the ball, really congested up in front of goal, so it's hard to get scoring opportunities. Ainge Postacoglu come out, come out, comes out in the second half and says, we're not going to do that. 
We're going to hold a high line, play attacking football, despite the fact this other team has a two-man advantage on us, and we're going to roll with what happens. You lose 4-1, but it's about instilling that mentality that, hey, no matter what happens in a football game, this is what we are as a football team. This is what our mentality is going to be. And either you rise to the challenge and you execute and you go out and play the kind of football we want to play, or you end up riding the bench. And right now, Nebraska has three guys that are, are moving towards bench riding as the year goes on, as, you, as the seasons go on, as you move into the offseason. But you're finding out that you just don't have the guys on your roster now to execute what you want to do. And it hurts you in the short term. It hurts you in a game against Maryland. But I think with that long-term vision of a rebuild in mind, they're trying to show the guys, hey, we're not going to compromise because we're limited. We're not going to compromise because our offense is injured. This is what we do. You go out and execute our vision, our play calling, our standard, and we go out and win football games. If you can't do that, we're going to lose, and we're going to find a new guy that can step in there and go do that for us. It's You've got to set the tone with your team. They've clearly accepted and adapted to how you want to do things, but you're the adults in the room. So you got to really analyze the situation. And, I, and I'm hoping for, for better analyzation with what they do next at quarterback. We'll dive into who you think we'll see, who do you want to see on Saturday. Coming up, 489-1240, open phones this first hour. Blackshirt McBride, Mr. Charlie, is coming up at uh, 5.05. Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, are going to join us in hour two, get his take on things. But... Defense was uh, still, at this point in the season, ready to take it on and uh, did fantastic work. Uh, You don't want them to have to play perfect. I get it, but they had to play perfect on Saturday. And uh, shy of a shutout, uh, it's going to be continue to be uphill with the turnover rate Nebraska's at. Don here at Rosie's, 10th and P, Roadshow Monday at Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager. Hale Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you again. On Hale Varsity Radio. Back to you, Tail Varsity on the road here, 10th and P. Rosie's downtown, another Monday night road show. Get ready for Elijah Herbal's Denver Broncos as they're in action tonight against the Buffalo Bills on the road in Orchard Park, or it used to be Orchard Park. We'll get to hear some rule here in a minute. And Jeff is on the line. Jeff, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Oh, thanks, Smitty. I really enjoyed the show. But thanks for I, I wonder sometimes if us as Nebraska fans, we've kind of lost our perspective because I've been listening to this show for a long time. And a few months ago before the season started, everybody was talking about, you know, Nebraska will be lucky to, to go three and eight or four and seven or whatever. And, and now they've won the five games and they're exceeding what they expected to come out of the first year. And I don't think there's anybody that wants to win any more than Matt Rule wants to win. But we're asking the question, why aren't we playing better? Well, we've won five games, which was a lot better than most of these so-called Nebraska fans that we were going to do this year anyway. I think the maddening part, Jeff, is you've found a way, to your credit, as a locker room and staff uh, through injury and trial uh, to get to five. And would you, would you be fair to say there's been three games left on the table? due to some questionable play calling and for sure turnovers, Minnesota, Michigan State, Maryland. 
Well, absolutely. Sure. So I, the fact the, the fact you're at five right now and you've exceeded expectations is great, but you, go get more. Be greedy, I guess, but not inside the red zone. <laughs> oh, I, I agree with you 100%, but I also know that every team in the country in week 10 is probably better than they were in week one, and they've had a chance to scout you and see sure. what the new everything's about. No, people are either getting better or worse, and Nebraska's gotten better at the offensive line. Some of the young wideouts have made plays. The defense has continued to be rock star solid. Special teams has been up and down, but for the most part up uh, when it comes to field goals. The place that's gone the wrong direction is the quarterback spot. Right. No, I I agree with you. I just I think that we need to be a little bit more patient and understand that this is – Rule talked about it at one point. This is uncharted territory for him in the first year. Sure. No, he's done a he's done so. a great job dealing with all the injuries. It's just a tough, tough look right now at, at five and seven and all these turnovers. Jeff, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate your take on things. You bet. Thank you. Four eight nine twelve forty to get in. Let's hear from Rule on the quarterback issues. I was asked about that. What are the biggest issues at quarterback and what can be fixed here cut to? There's been several issues throughout the year. And so, um, you know, anytime you're, you know, anytime that you're have this, you know, the number one is turnovers, right? I mean, like we have three, three point games. I think in those three point games, I think we have 12 turnovers in those three point games. Check me if I'm wrong. I think 11 of them come out of the quarterback position. So to me, um, you know, to turn the ball over, right? Um, at the same time, a lot of those games were close because, you know, Heinrich made great runs or, you know, Jeff made some great runs against Minnesota. So a lot of good things happened from those guys. You know, I'm one of those I'm one of those coaches that, you know, I don't love to make like big, you know, everything to me is very incremental. Like, hey, it was this here, it was this here. Um, but certainly I, w- I would be a fool not to sit here and tell you it's it's um, it's. Um, uh, protecting the football in in the passing game, I think um, you know um, obviously the first interception. I'll still feel like I'll still feel like you know the uh, one, one with Jeff. Excuse me, you know he, Malachi gets tackled and we're running the double move. But I'd love to see our quarterbacks. You know, uh, as I talk to them, just be a little bit more intentional about you know we we, we can't keep throwing uh, balls up and we can't we can't just throw balls up to a spot thinking the guy's going to be there. Like at the end of the day, you have to be intentional at quarterback. Like you, every ball you throw is a ball you want to throw. And, uh, you know, we had twice where guys threw interceptions kind of backing up and letting it rip. And, and that's just that's not who we are. That's not who we should be. And so, um, you know, there's always a yin and yang to it, obviously, like they're young players. I'm trying to guide them through it. We're trying to guide them through it at the same time, having expectations and standards for the way that we want to play. So what can be fixed in the next two weeks? I certainly think, Sam, that, um, you know, we, we fixed kind of like the, the pocket ball security. Like, you know, you go back two games ago. Um, not the pocket, you know, running the ball. Heinrich had two fumbles, you know, and so we've, we've certainly worked on that. We've certainly worked on the way we hold the football. Um, this was interceptions this week. And, um, you know, so what can we do? Um, we, we just keep coaching. And I, I know that sounds trite, you know, maybe, but, like, we just keep coaching. We just keep pushing. We just keep grinding. We just keep working. Um, and uh, hope, that, uh, hope that it just continues to come to fruition, um, build on the good things, and try to eliminate the bad things. That was Coach Rule on the quarterback issues. Uh, more specific here, Elijah cut six. Chuba in that third down pick, what what exactly should have happened? What led to what happened? 
So first of all, let me say this. I, I take responsibility for that. Okay, I take responsibility for that. Um, it's a it's a good play call. That so the play is very simply. It's it's a play that every team in the world runs. It's it's three man routes. It's double under with a corner route, right? And so basically versus man, the two guys run the under routes. They chase the under routes. You have a one on one corner. It's incomplete or you know. So, um, you know, they zero blitz. It's 90 protection. There's a gap protection. Fedoni stays in. You know, he's not going to get hit. It, it's just a confluence of events, right? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's we take a long time coming out of it by number one. So a lot of people, I think, thought we were trying to throw the ball to number one. And because it looks like the ball's going to number one, it's Billy flattens that rat out because the guy kind of undercuts him. And, you know, really, we'd love to just see Chubb put that ball in the back corner and those guys get out of the way a little quicker. So it just wasn't quite executed exactly right um which you know again when it comes down to execution it falls on me and um you know their kid their, their kid made two unbelievable plays i mean that corner made on a double move to beat the safety he ran back and picked the ball off and on that play he's playing the guy man and comes off of it and picks off the inca so when you look at the tape it looks really really bad <laughs> let me just say that it looks really really bad and i get that and i'm not sitting here saying that for the players you know the play clock was running down on us things were going fast i think originally they wanted to run you know, sat one to run a pick play by one, two, and three, um, and uh, you know, um, we we got we, we kind of got up to see what they're in because I didn't want to put Chubb in a bad position where it all of a sudden it goes to zone. He he's had no reps in any of these plays this week, and um, you know that play happened. So I wouldn't put that on Chubb. I wouldn't put that on anybody but me. But um, that is what that play is. It's you know we call it it's, it's Indy. It's old Peyton Manning, right? Two unders with a corner out. First man you throw the corner out. They just kind of got too close together. So that's a. Uh, that's one of those ones I, I wake up at 2 in the morning thinking about, you know, like, hey, that's on me. And that was the, the point I was making earlier, Schmitty, where Matt Rule said, didn't want to put Chubba in a bad position with the play that you haven't repped. You don't want to put him in a bad position. You hand the freaking ball off. And that's where I was kind of getting to earlier this, this or last segment where I was talking about you want to do what you want to do offensively. That's, that's like the perfect example right there is what you want to do in the long run is throw that ball into the end zone, put seven points on the board and say, you know what, we're going to take some pressure off the defense. They can give up some yards the next drive. The problem is, is you're putting him into a bad position by throwing, having him throw the football in any way, shape, or form. And sure, great play by the defensive back, but, but an experienced quarterback, I think you can trust in that situation. A guy that hasn't gotten reps and doesn't know that, you just hand the ball off. You nailed it. Know your personnel. Know the situation. And the guy dusted off with a, you know, put off a, a, a growing surgery so he could be available. Uh, Cutter's comment here, uh, responding to, to Jeff's call. It's not that we're, it's that we aren't losing games. We're beating ourselves. If we're just losing due to lack of talent, you're okay with that, with five wins. They've left wins on the table. We'll wind down our one here at Rosie's. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, weighs in on the loss to Maryland 10 minutes away. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, downtown Rosie's 10th and P. We're here on a Monday night road show. Reminder to get buckled up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Gary, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. You bet. Thanks, guys. Great show as usual. Sick. <laughs> Actually, unfortunately, I agree with every most everything that's being said. And I, I just want to touch on a couple of things I don't agree with, and that is uh, playing the style. I'm talking about offensively of what we want to do in the long haul. We pay the two top people that we're talking about there tens of thousands of dollars. 
we don't pay them for, for three or four years, and then, hey, if we get there, then we'll be okay. The, the fans are restless. And when I'm talking about fans, I'm talking about the guys that make things work financially. And, mm. you know, I, the one thing I really want to know is our offensive coordinator, where has he been ever where he's been considered a very good or great offensive coordinator plus quarterbacks coach where, where those are our two weaknesses? I'm not going to pick on the kids. The kids do what they're coached to do, and they do as well as they can. But I do put a blame on our top man, number one, although he's a great guy. I enjoy him very, very much. But our offensive coordinator hasn't been able to maximize the strength that he's got. And if he's playing for three years from now, why in the hell should we pay him that many thousands of dollars? That's it. Great question. Thanks so much. Gary, appreciate okay. your take. Thanks for the phone call. 489-1240. I mean, a lot's made about the price tag, Elijah. $1.4 million a year for Satterfield. A lot's made at Satterfield's history. Uh, you've seen some progress with your quarterback situation when they went to Harburg. That has kind of slowly went the other way due to wear and tear. And uh, you've, you've asked a non-thrower uh, to make some pro throws uh, versus leaning on the dual threat. Uh, there needs to be another course correction here with whoever's starting on Saturday. You hope it's pretty uh, if he's healthy enough to go. I don't think Harburg will be healthy enough to go, and I don't know that Sims is in the right mental state to go. Is it going to matter? I mean, does as any three of those quarterbacks, any of those three inspired confidence in you that they're going to go out there I, and take care I of I have football? a little bit. Listen, if, I'm, if, if I've got a pick, it's a small sample size, but the, the situation Chubba was thrust into, and the way he delivered, aside from that third down throw that should have never been called, we're, we're in agreement there. It should have been a run play on third down. Yeah, let me see Chuba. And I know he's got a, a history of some turnovers and uh, limited action. He's not played a lot of football. I don't think you can turn back to Sims. Yeah, I, just, and, I just don't think you can. And Colin nails it. Giving Purdy his first start of the year in Madison, Wisconsin, with potentially an injury, might be risky, might end in disaster, but you have to do it at this point because the other two quarterbacks have had their chances and they've failed when put into those chances. I, I agree with that take, but I don't think anything Purdy has shown me from last season to his time at Florida State to even now this year in limited opportunities has, has inspired confidence that it's going to be any different. No, you just hope that there can be more management, right? Less risk, big, as you would say. It's a big hope because... Again, no, nothing, nothing we've seen from Marcus Satterfield this season has shown us that that's what his game plan is going to be. He's going to come out with his offense, and we're going to see the Marcus Satterfield offense no matter who's at quarterback. Well, uh, that is you know, a great thing maybe two to three years from now. Could be. <laughs> but, but not with the, uh, the ingredients you have right now. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Hour two still to come. We're here at Rosie's 10th and P. Roadshow Monday with Hale Varsity. Charlie McBride, Uncle Charlie, up next.